Like trees walking, like trees walking, like trees walking. We are all like trees walking. <laughs> the official lyrics <laughs> to, to the song. Yep, it's like uh, what's what's there's Mission Impossible. No, Star Wars or Star Trek. Sorry, oh. Star Trek. What's the, the Star Trek? You know that weird Ooh. The spooky. Those there are lyrics to that. Really? Yes. As we travel into the stars, or I, you know, I don't know what they are. And then there's, of course, Bill Murray, right, doing the Star Wars lyrics. Star Wars. <laughs> Have you seen Star Wars? If they should borrow us, da 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 da. I was too young to get what that was when I was when that first came out. Anyway, this is uh, like trees walking. I am Michael J. Nelson, and uh, with me is Pastor Dave Bergen. That's right, correct. We just had a sip of my homemade mm. seltzer, and I'd like a quick review of that before we get down to what it's the delicious. show is. It's delightful. That seltzer? It's my own recipe. It's I mixed and matched some flavors. It's, it was, I mean, can I'm you not... guess what the flavors are? Hmm. No. That's not no. always easy with a no. look. You know, if your LaCroix came in a white can, you would not, you might not always know what it is. No, this is, no, I can't tell you what it is. It's, it's nice and fruity. I'll say that. It, like, it has to me some real fruit tones and notes in there. Yeah. Um, I can't identify them specifically. Well, there's almost uh, like a grape. It's a melange. Okay. Because there is, uh, this is fascinating radio. I love it. People are going to love it. There's peach, lemon, and strawberry. Yeah, that's strawberry. Just, you know, like a fruit salad, a sangria of seltzer. (laughs) Is uh, there. So it's anyway. Excellent. And it's way better than, like, I mean, I do like LaCroix, but I would choose this 10 times out of 10. That's great. LaCroix. That's good it's to so know. It's so much better. Or like Buble. I would. I don't this. like Buble. That's got a Buble's. bitterness to it. I do love my preferred is Spindrift. That's what I was That's my number one. And my number one Spindrift is the just the straight up lemon Spindrift. That's my spindrift. N- number one drink of choice. What are we, millionaires? I know, but sometimes they have it at Costco. Okay. And you can get a good deal on it. But yeah, Spindrift is not. It's a it it it's like oranges used to be in kids' stockings on Christmas, you know. Right. Like it's a special treat in my house. Right. I still get an orange in my stocking, by the way. Oh, that's good. That's home. a very Victorian tradition. <laughs> um, so freshly seltzered and got the review out of the way. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about big issues in life, um, why we're here, what our purpose is. Is there a purpose? Um, is there a soul? Ethics, morality. Star Wars, unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, that's featured very, very, it's very, very heavily. The, at the end of season four was, yeah. Very heavy on very against strong. my deepest protestations. But anyway, uh, we are going to get to that in just a moment. We also do, uh, you know, reviews of tinned fish. I think those things go together very well. They um, belong. Theology. Yeah, we're, we both come from a Christian perspective, but we welcome... All different schools of thoughts, uh, maybe not all, but a, a very <laughs> a wide variety. A wide variety. We we could name quickly some that we would not <laughs> want you to listen or be around. But let's not do that. No, that's no, negative. No, no, we want to keep it positive. positive. Let's keep yes. it positive. It's a new year, new us. We're we're very welcoming. That's right. And uh, so yeah, before we do some fun stuff later, we gotta. Well, not we have to. Not we have to do this. We want to do this. We want to tackle a big topic. Yeah, we so, do want. That's the whole point of why we I do know. this. I thought. Well, but, I mean, but, you know, have to in the sense that, you know, you got to, if you want your pudding, you got to eat your meat, as uh, Pink Floyd Which said. both are good. Right, right. So both are good, but there's a, you know, progression of things. So if bring you're a, British, bring the sizzle. Meat pudding. Yes, yes. Or suet. Suet and raisins. <laughs> Call it a pudding. <laughs> Anyway, let's hope it's not a suet and raisin pudding. Then why don't you throw the steak on the Barbie now and tell us what we got. I will. 
sizzle it. One of my favorite, in, before diving right in, you know, on the Barbie, makes me think of one of my favorite movies of all time. Still, Dumb and Dumber is truly a cinematic Dumb classic. and Dumber. Yes, Dumb and is Dumber. Is there a throw a shrimp on the Barbie and yeah, Dumb like, and Dumber? Yeah, because they're saying, I think people in there are like, we're from Austria. Or he's giving, Lloyd Christmas is giving a ride, and they say they're from Austria, and he's like, oh, g'day, mate, throw another shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> and it's such, that is such a great wow. movie. Great movie. All right. Well, we have that on the record. And I, it I'll, stood the test of time. I'll let that go Michael without comment. Nelson, it is stood the te- test of time. Listeners, please judge or not. <laughs> the people, the, the people my age, maybe even your age, Mike, people appreciate, even if they find it sophomoric, it's not like... Adam Sandler doing the... Uh, hey, look, I, I know plenty of guys who, you know, what's your favorite movie? It's always, well, n- number one, Caddyshack, of course. It's See? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Noonan. Of all time. Noonan. All right, here we go. Anyways. Yes, go. Let's jump in. Big topic. And so we always promise you on this show, not the hot takes, but the lukewarm, tepid, <laughs> tepid. But no, we, we don't like to hot take on this show. Very rarely do I hot take. I feel like I've only hot taked once on the uh, emergency pod for the Kanye West. Oh, right. Episode. That and was I, fresh off the, yeah. And I stand by every single word that I said on there. Okay. Nothing has changed about my uh, sure. about my take from that episode. So when I come with a hot take, I got a reason to come with a hot take. But okay. this is a, this is a, I like to let things stew, you know, because passions run high, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think a lot of times uh, perspective, it, perspective takes a while, mm-hmm. you know, to, to truly understand things, to situate them. Like an example of a hot take would be like, oh, Mike, did you see the Super Bowl halftime show with J-Lo and Shakira? And so I would offer it, you know, like I don't I, kill me, please, if I'm ever like we need to do an emergency podcast on something like that. And then what we'd have to do is work out in advance, like you pretend to be on this side of it and I'll pretend exactly, to be on this. And then exactly. we'll yell over each other. And There's nothing I want to talk about less than that. Right. Um, well, let's not talk about that. Okay, so, <laughs> so there's nothing I want to talk about less than that. What I do want to talk about is this. It went viral, but it was a viral. This, this shares with that in that it had a virality, especially mm-hmm. on, um, I think it had broader cultural vi- virality, uh, but mainly in the Christian circles. And it was this story, the story, the new story that it, it is based upon certainly um, went viral because it's an extremely, it starts with an extremely, extremely tragic story, a very tragic tale out of Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas. Um, and this is the case of a guy named uh, Botham Jean, who was, you know, in his apartment, uh, in his apartment complex in Dallas, and he's chilling at home. And uh, this woman, Amber Geiger, who was then a Dallas police officer, uh, comes in the apartment, thinks it's her own apartment, and thinks that this guy is in her apartment. And so she pulls out her gun and and kills him. Yeah. Guns him down. Guy is guy is murdered in his own minding his own business mm-hmm. in his apartment, you know, and and uh, this woman, you know, kills him. And I mean, what an absolute tragedy, hor- horrific set of circumstances, you know, to be uh, in the prime of life and to be gunned down in this manner is just, uh, yeah. And, and the most incomprehensible explanation at least certainly to the outsiders i know there's always got to be something more to it but But this one seemed it didn't make any sense so strange it didn't make any sense at all i mean we're not going to get to the specifics of it but yeah it was really weird it didn't make any sense i think that the the family at least uh, i haven't and i haven't delved deeply into like the investigation or specifics but it seemed at least initially there was kind of like a story that was 
trying to be ginned up to maybe justify this behavior, which very quickly fell apart. Um, and so Amber Geiger was tried for, uh, you know, tried for murder, I think. Um, you know, it was not obviously premeditated or a first-degree murder or something like that. But, uh, but, but she, you know, she was tried and, uh, and convicted um, uh, of, of murdering, uh, of murdering uh, Botham uh, Jean. And so that's when we pick up the story. So, because uh, her sentencing, so her sentencing comes up and there's a lot of fascinating aspects of her sentencing and the role people played and people's reaction to it, the, the family and the judge. But I want to focus specifically on the family because uh, Botham Jean's brother got up at this sentencing. You know, the family gets to address uh, you know, gets to address the the, the party being sentenced, and uh, you know we can only imagine uh, the emotional hell uh, that this family has been through. And so, uh, Botham Jean's brother Brant gets up, and he, um, you know, he offers forgiveness to this to this uh, you know former police officer who murdered his brother. And um, it was a viral moment because there was something so pure about it. Him offering. Uh, this woman um, forgiveness and it that went viral because people thought my gosh uh, in in our world where there's so many things where we're so jaded we're so cynical I think we feel so divided so polarized um, here is this moment of people who should be you know completely separated like someone bridging that divide and bringing reconciliation to it to a situation where it it seems so painful it doesn't even seem possible you know he he is black you know uh, she is white she was a police officer you know this family is not and so you know here just in and of that self you have these two you know massively huge um things that you think would be pulling these people apart um especially actually, at this time ex- at this time absolutely extremely fraught and exactly oh, could be horrible horrible thing exactly you know so you just think of uh, these all of these forces working together are going to um you know rend these people apart for a for a million different reasons and and understand you know understandable the the, the resentment the anger the rage the the justifiable hatred you could even feel for this person um, for doing this to your brother and perhaps even her role in like trying to at least initially sort of cover it up or um, not take responsibility for it or the things that she had done before it that put her in a, herself in a position where she was actually doing this. What what really went on leading up to it? You can understand all all of those reasons too. The personal reasons that you would be bitter and resentful towards this person and justifiably so. And so then right. to see someone stand up, you know. Um, uh, to me, it, it was reminiscent of the Rachel Dellen uh, Hollander. Uh, uh, God, I probably butchered her name, but when she spoke to Larry Nasser and kind right. of preached the gospel to him, which was grace and judgment at the same mm-hmm. time, which is the gospel. Here was a moment of grace and judgment too, and but um, so this went viral. People were very moved by it, but then there was the blowback to the moment of forgiveness by uh uh by by Brant Jean him offering forgiveness that people were saying no this is wrong this is unjust and the reasons for that ran the gamut just saying you know uh white people always expect black christians to basically just take it you know and so this is another example of that and um you know the demands of justice uh, you know like that that crimes demand punishment, demand justice, and to have that missing from the situation, this isn't this isn't this is not beautiful. This is actually wrong, 
and a, and a perversion of justice, people were saying. And so there's a lot of strong, you know, as, as strong as the response was to sort of like the, the hallmark moment of, of offering forgiveness, there was the blowback to that, too. Well, can I ask a few questions that may be on the minds yeah. of our listeners? Yeah. Did she ask for forgiveness? I'm, Question number one. I am not entirely sure about that. And in fact, I think that some of the forgiving statements were couched in, you know, if if you want forgiveness, we're offering it to you. Okay. So at this point, I'm not sure that it had been offered or right. had been sought. And second question, during his forgiveness speech or whatever he was talking about, he was not saying, and I hope you don't get punished for it. No, I mean, not at all. No. He's not saying, no. <laughs> you know, I, if I were me, I'd let you off. So, no, no, he wasn't I mean, just, saying that. Just to clarify, yeah, no. he's not. Forgiveness is one thing, punishment, as you say, completely another thing. Completely another thing. And, and I think that that's my, your questions there are astute. Because what people, the context of in which this was being offered is, is really important, that it's in the court of law. And so it is in a place where justice, um, you know, at least our best, you know, American rendition of that, uh, our, you know, justice is being rendered. And so, uh, again, I think we see in this instance, a beautiful instance of forgiveness that, that forgiveness does not negate, um, doesn't negate justice. It doesn't negate cries for justice. It doesn't negate the necessity that one has of paying one's debt to society even. And so, um, and so for people who reacted so strongly against it, he was not saying, you should don't deserve any punishment. What you did was right. You know, um, just walk out, go free today. You know, he was saying within the within within the setting of someone being, you know, justly punished for the wrongful death and murder of his brother. I am offering you grace here. You mm-hmm. know, your life isn't isn't over. Um, this isn't the only thing that should define you. In fact, you know, God's grace in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness he offers, because ultimately Amber Geiger, she can never pay this debt back. Yeah. She can't bring him back to life. Yeah. There's literally, I mean, she can sit, sit and rot in jail for the rest of her life and she will have never repaid this debt. Right. In a satisf- in a way that we could say is satis- you know, satisfactory, not from my perspective, at least, you know, there's no way she's ever going to be make this right. No matter what amount of good deeds that she were to do for the rest of her life, she'll always have this, that, that she has blood. On, <laughs> I mean, criminally has blood upon her hands. The blood of an innocent man mm-hmm. is upon her hands and there's nothing she can ever do about that. Right. She's yeah. utterly powerless. Yeah. There's him. There's obviously all the, the families who every single day, Think about. I just saw uh, somebody. It was some sort of documentary, and it was oh, it was a, about a air air act air traffic accident or something, and some people died. And one the the parents were of one of the people that were lost on this crash. Many years later, started talking about like, well, at first it's it's pretty much every single day, every waking moment, and yeah. then it starts to taper off. But then they both welled up with tears. They're elderly, and they said. But it's still every day. Yeah. And it just made me, I just broke down. I'm like, that's right. You would never, could never be free of it. So anyway, that's, that's part of what she has to live with. She it's- has to live with that and, and, and the reality of that. And so that's what, what is so amazing about grace. And that's what's so scandalous about it. Because it's saying that, you know, as human beings, we are utterly powerless to right what has been wronged. And, uh, the Christian message is we, yeah. We need a literally a divine intervention 
into our situation in order that, uh, you know, on the one hand, the demands of justice, uh, you know, divine cosmic justice can be met. And that we're not just, you know, consigned and condemned to hell for all, for, you yeah. know, for, for like we deserve it because we have this debt that we can never re- repay. And so um, I think one of our reactions against it is, is, a, is feeling one reaction comes from just feeling to fully appreciate the situate what happened like in a, in a court of law and in a sentencing procedure and, and, you know, ignoring, ignoring that. Um, and so, uh, like it, when we place it in its proper context and proper setting, it's, I think, less potentially offensive. Um, it could take away that sense of offense, but I think it doesn't take the offensiveness away of the Christian gospel, which is always going to be, it's always going to be scandalous. It's always going to seem unfair. It's always going to be like, what, what, what the heck? I mean, think of the, uh, the, there's the great parable Jesus tells of the, you know, person who went out and hired the laborers mm-hmm. for the vineyard. And at the end of the day, payday comes, you know, the, the moment to get paid comes and who gets paid more? That they all get paid they the all same. They all get paid exactly they, the same amount, right? And that's, that's the deal you got. That's and the deal. And it's unfair. It is totally unfair. And that it's the very human reaction. And and in this case, of course, you're referencing uh, someone who lives just a dissolute life, is a murderer, a recidivist, and then goes to jail in the last stint when he's 93 years old and says, you know, it's finally sunk in. I accept this uh, grace that you offer. And the rest of the people who, you know, harmed by him go, what? This can't be. This is is totally unfair. So what do you say to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is unfair from a human perspective, but thankfully that God's just, you know, that, that I mean, the cross itself is, um, I mean, there, there's so many dimensions and layers to, to the cross, but one of them is a, like, is a divine punishment upon sin, upon the sin of the whole world. So we can say that, no, that actually has been paid for. The penalty for that, which is death, has been paid, and so that's not unjust. The sentence has been paid. Um, uh, but on the other hand, there's always going to be something absolutely scandalous about it. And I think the only way that we can appreciate and understand it and, and, and be uh, grateful for it is, you know, put ourselves in this, put ourselves in this situation, pretend, you know, that all of us are Amber Geiger, you know, in to a certain degree or another, we are justly, you know, we stand justly condemned. Um, mm-hmm. and, what would we want in that situation? I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd want a chance, right? You'd want a chance. <laughs> is there you would anything want a chance. I can do? And yeah, and the Christian message says yes, there is. Yeah, like accept what has been done for you. Yeah, and that's not a denying of consequences or of the demands of justice or even you know the broader um, circumstances surrounding that death. And maybe um, you know, I think that Botham Jean's mother talked about some of the you know families just frustrations with the Dallas PD and maybe some shenanigans that went on with that investigation and what happened with the crime scene. And I think the family sensed that, you know, instead of investigating a murder right away, one of the concerns of the police department was to, okay, this is one of our own. How do we make this, how do we protect this person? You know, their motivations went from what it would be in any other crime, which is we have, you know, we have to figure out who did this and solve it to, oh boy, we, oh boy. Mm-hmm. We gotta, we have, you know, we gotta look out for our own, and that, that this forgiveness doesn't take away any of the um, 
any of the the just demands uh, upon the police department and when how they do their investigation and 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 the biases that can exist in that you know the the blue wall or whatever um, that could have been activated like that doesn't negate it at all and um, you know Botham Jean's mother deserves to be heard and all of that now it's not it's not as viral but that voice and perspective is also important that the demands uh, of justice and the uh, Christian obligation for mercy. To me, they, um, that's a, a, a creative, you know, we could say that's a tension, that's a dialectic, um, but it's a tension which we're commanded to live into. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's the, the other component of his forgiving. I may have mentioned this on this program before that I knew a guy who's, uh, had a son about my age and died when he was 21 or something like that. A very, up and coming, a go-getter, very smart, very handsome, very athletic, was going to conquer the world. And he had a twin, and one of these twins was killed in a car accident, and it destroyed the father's life. He yeah. could never, every day his thoughts were wrapped up with, why did he have to go this route? Why It was because somebody injured him in football, and he obsessed on what that, that guy. I wish I'd kill that guy who injured him in football. And I saw him years later, and he seemed like a, a completely different person, just like Gollum or something. Wow. You know? And if he had – that's the what I'm saying. My point is that's the other side of the forgiveness for this man who has to live with the fact that his brother is not there and that enormous crushing loss. That's the other thing of letting go of it with that forgiveness is it's it's good for him. Yeah. Uh, he, otherwise, he'd turn into a wraith as well. Yeah. No, uh, uh, harboring hatred um, – uh, that that unforgiving in and of itself, it's extremely burdensome. If you've ever been, you know, I'm a bit of a grudge holder myself. I would sure. say, um, I'm, forgiveness is not a natural. It's not natural for me at all to be like, oh yeah, like whatever. I mean, there's hurts that I've carried for for years. Um, and then, uh, but then when I'm faced with a situation like this, or in someone else in my own life, where I'm saying, well, you know what, like, yeah, that. To actually acknowledge one that yeah you were wrong there was an injustice here you know you're wounded you have a you have every right um, to express that and also how can you forgive what does forgiveness look like for you in this situation what does being obedient as Christians what does being obedient um, to you know Christ's admonition like to forgive you know seventy you know seven times you know seventy seven times almost this limitless command um, um, to forgive and of course. We can go into greater detail what that means about, you know, what your responsibilities are towards that person if they're still going to hurt you, yada, yada, yada. We're not talking about a situation But like is that. this is this your confession that you haven't forgiven me for making you eat spirulina? Because that was, that's it, that was years ago. That's like, come on, man, let that's, it go. That's the podcast version of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. All right. That's the unforgivable <laughs> sin. Oh, boy. Wow. But not to say that as a, you know, as a, you know, even I am a, I'm a professional Christian. I'm a minister. Like forgiveness for me, that is a hard teaching and a hard word and it doesn't come naturally. So that's too where I need grace. I need God's spirit working in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to help me, um, to help me forgive, you know, wrongs that, that I feel like I've justly held on to for years and years and years, um, in some, some instances. And so I've just felt like, oh my gosh, like if God can forgive me for what I've done, that's therein lies the rub. If, if, uh, you know, Botham Jean's family, his brother can forgive Amber Geiger, you know, and it's this beautiful testimony to the power of the gospel. Who am I, uh, to, you know, 
to hold on to this. Who am I not to forgive? And that's why I love the, also the parable that Jesus told about the, you know, the, un, <laughs> the one person who owes, you know, a bajillion dollars basically of debt and it's wiped clean. Mm-hmm. And then some guy owes him a few bucks and he goes, throw him in jail. Yeah. The unmerciful, you know, the unmerciful servant. And it's like, I identify very strongly with the unmerciful servant and I need God's help so that I, am not that person and um deserving of that guy's same fate right you know you'll be in there until you pay every last penny it's like oh my gosh yeah uh i think the one thing maybe where some of the backlash comes from is uh thinking of a different situation maybe not understanding the facts of it because i would be upset about someone let's say uh timothy mcveigh oklahoma city bombing and uh, somebody who has the microphone says, you know, but I forgive you. And Timothy McVeigh is going, I'm not asking for yeah. it. I'll do it again. Yeah. You, yeah. And then another person going, you can't forgive him for me. You know, like hasn't asked, isn't deserving of it, has no change of heart. I, I would in that situation go, hey, no, no, I'm blowing the whistle on that forgiveness. It's not, uh, it's not warranted in this case. Mm-hmm. And you're not really party to it. Either right, you if know? you're not party to it, and you're the, you know, yeah, I mean, I I forgive, uh, you know, uh, Ted Kaczynski. You know, is he dead or is he still alive? I think he's still alive. I think Ted Kaczynski's still alive. The Unabomber, like yes. you know, if I got up there and said I forgive the Unabomber for all the terrible things that he did, you'd be like, well, who are you? Yeah, like, I don't have standing, <laughs> as they say about court. I don't, I don't, I'm not allowed to. So it does take some standing. Yeah, it certainly takes standing. And I mean, I think in interesting circumstances too, the the case of the uh, guy you know who shot up the the Mother Emanuel uh, AME Church, you know that guy, uh, where I don't think he sought any you know forgiveness, right? But the family basically saying, I mean, offering forgiveness in the sense of like releasing um, their anger, yeah. you know, I mean that. And the yeah. word for forg- one of the words for forgiveness in in the Greek language is about release. Mm-hmm. And so, um, though that person might not be forgiven if they haven't sought repentance, what you can do is detach yourself from your yes. own feelings of hatred and anger. That in and of itself is to a form of forgiveness, even if that other person can't receive it because they don't think they've done anything that needs forgiving. Yeah. But it's still good for you. Right. right. You know, to, to be released from that bondage and that burden. And it doesn't mean that you are, um, that you are, uh, in any way, um, saying that, that that the demands of earthly justice also have to be, you know, those demands have to be released as well. Right. So people should uh, seek out this video. They I should, yeah, it's absolutely. it's very easy to find. Very, very easy. If you just Google, you know, uh, uh, Botham Jean's brother or uh, Brant, uh, Brant Jean, that's G, uh, J-E-A-N, uh, you know, forgiveness video, you can you can watch that. And it's, it's very beautiful. It's very powerful. There's also, if you Google that... Uh, there's an article in Christianity Today which touches on what um, what what his mother said as well. I think her name is Allison. Uh, you know, her statement to the the pain of what her family experienced, not just from what Amber Geiger did, but all the circumstances that happened immediately afterwards, and how they felt. You know, that the Dallas PD wasn't was not helping them get mm-hmm. justice and solve this crime, but but kind of covering it up. Uh, that also is a part of the story too, and and so I commend the, I commend the whole thing to you. All right. Uh, any uh, last words before you do your message well, and we move on to And then the judge, P, the judge did do like a, hey, Amber, like she kind of did like an altar call to Christ. Like, oh, yeah. She was like, here's a Bible, like read John 316. Wow. Yeah. And people were like, hey, you know, you can't do that. You're a judge. Um, 
Is that something you can't do? I no, I don't think so. I don't. She's still a judge. I have no problem with that. When you read about the things that like people get away with doing, uh, uh, this is one thing. You that, mean like judges at their own discretion? That yeah, kind of, judges at yeah, their own like discretion doing to, crazy stuff. You have to wash that guy's car for you know. You have to put on a diaper and wash his car. Aren't there like <laughs> creative punishments <laughs> that are still allowed? Right? I believe so. I don't think that's just on TV judges. Um, yeah, but, no. I think in real life there's some unusual. Things yeah, that judges you can are sentence. judges are like nuts man they, they like are always doing all kinds of you know and they're 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 sorry judge if any judges are listening to this uh you're great people but no like uh, judges know that they kind of they're kings and queens of their own you they, know they design their own uniforms fiefdoms. sometimes uh judge Ito style <laughs> but <laughs> like a little odd but you know so so yeah that the judges are always going off the rails and the things that happen i just one thing i have to share this on the podcast i haven't known what context to share it in but just when you read about the legal system and things that happen and you go like i never knew that and that i read the book evicted which is about evictions in Milwaukee. Uh, very, very interesting book. Great book. I did the audio. I didn't read it. I listened to the audio book. Okay. Very Important well done. clarification. Very well done audio book. I cannot highly recommend it enough. It was these, I don't know how this guy got access to these stories and the detail that he got it. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. I mean, because that's 90% of the book is just these people getting evicted and their lives basically on the margins. But I learned, I said, this can't be true, but I learned that in like 1990 in Milwaukee, uh, a guy who was a landlord, because it used to be around Christmas, you couldn't evict people. That was like the unwritten rule. Because it's Christmas, and you don't want to, you know, even yeah. if people are louts, you don't want to, you don't want to throw them out on their ear around Christmas. It was this like remaining vestige of wow. humanity. And a landlord got the ACLU to sue Milwaukee. I don't know if it was the city or the, the county. So, and then that got rid of it. So, like, the Christmas grace period wow. was eliminated. And so, I just think, like, the American Civil Liberties Union. And I, hey, I love civil, I prefer civil liberties in, in this country. Uh, but, like, the, the ACLU in 1990, like, was like, you know, of all the things, of all the violations of civil liberties in this world, the one that's the biggest problem is this establish, you know, this violation of the establishment clause here that's helping helping the most abjectly poor people uh, in our society let's yeah. make their material suffering worse i just i found that out. i couldn't believe that that to me is one of the worst things that i've ever heard happening it's almost as bad as that guy who uh, sued to get rid of ladies nights at bars have you ever, <laughs> no, it, i've never heard of that, that is absolutely true one guy just spent years suing and petitioning like it's unfair you should be These places are going you we all understand what ladies' nights are about. <laughs> it's to get guys. What in do the you bar. do? It's someone like that. You should be barred from suit. Like you shouldn't be able to engage in like lawsuits. I, I, you can. You, you know, should lose the right to sue people if you're doing that kind of harassment. Frivolous lawsuits or you know legal the, harassment. Man. Oh man, it's the backbone of America. Uh, I, and so I yeah, when I found that out, I, I was flabbergasted when I found that out and evicted. And it's it's not like a focus of the book at all. It's this kind of throwaway line. But, you know, about the eviction officers, how it used to be, at least around Christmas, they wouldn't have to, sure. you know, they'd have a couple days where they wouldn't have to toss people out on the streets. And thank goodness that, um, you know, that we're not a theocracy. That's right. <laughs> thank goodness we haven't taken that one, you know, one small step away from being a theocracy. My gosh. Oh, so landlords, throw your people out at Christmas and thank the ACLU. Oh, that seems good. All right. Uh, they should pay – the Milwaukee ACLU should be, like, groveling on their – they should be crawling around on their knees repenting for doing that. I can't – I literally 
that's one fact that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Like that you as an organization devoted resources to that. That's immoral. I think the pastor's losing it, folks. We got to take a little break. <laughs> He's going to stomp around, rant, drink some seltzer, refuel so he can rant some more. And then uh, we'll be back with some, probably some tinned fish. But uh, I'm I need, not sure. Calm gonna, me down. I'm my gosh. Root around in give the, me, uh, give me, give me some horrible food to calm All me right. down. Uh, we'll be back in a second. This is uh, Like Trees Walking. Hey, everybody. Pastor Dave. Thank you uh, to everyone who has uh, subscribed, who has rated, who has reviewed, who has bigged up us on uh, all the podcast platforms. We appreciate it. also appreciate people who uh, engage with us, and by us, I mean me, uh, on the Facebook page. So the Like Trees Walking Facebook page. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that and, and there. Uh, we've had some good stuff, especially around all the uh, shenanigans that went into Mike seeing Star Wars. So uh, let's keep it up. Let's keep up the good, the great, you know, the decent work uh, that we're all engaged in and uh, and keep circulating the pod. And uh, let's get back to one of our favorite things to do, disgusting food. And we are back. This is Like Trees Walking. Just heard from the pastor. I'm Michael J. Nelson. You just heard that we are going to have some, what he called, disgusting foods. I don't Sorry, know what that means. That was pejorative. That was pejorative. It was tipping your hand. It was editorializing in a way that is not allowed. It's like talking about uh, making jokes in the airport security line about having uh, <laughs> weapons. You just don't do that. And I, I strongly adjure you to keep an open mind. Okay. As we investigate this. Open open mind, open hand, open heart right here, Mike. I will say that right now I would be lying if I said there wasn't sort of a an odor of seafood in the room. This is a a, a pungent a pungent food. It is. Imagine you're at, you know, Pike's Peak. Pike's Peak, no Pike, Pike's Pike, Market. Pike, Pike's Market. Imagine you're at Pike's Peak. Well, you've just and you're ready were to at end the market all. and you climbed to Pike's Peak <laughs> and you have a basket full of the ware that you bought at There's Pike's Market. There's a great market. family story that involves Pike's Peak that I cannot tell no. on the podcast. Oh, you can't even tell it on the podcast. No, I have to tell you afterwards. Okay. But anyone who's in my family listening to it knows what the story All is. All right. Put a pin in that. Yeah. Um, so that's good for the audience. Very good for our listening audience. Yes. Yes. There's something more exciting <laughs> happening once this podcast gets turned off. That's great. That's great stuff. Uh, no, what we have here is one of my favorites. This is a uh, tinned giant calamari mm. in a garlic sauce. Now, there's, there's not much of a sauce. It's sort of an oil thing. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that's the description of it, I and so I'm going to let the pastor... How do you feel before going into this? We always like to get your opinions of um, how enthusiastic are you on a scale from one to enthusiastic. It's very... It's This is this one looks more like human flesh than most <laughs> things that I'm wow, so. used to eating. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like kind of pale and pink. Which... Part of the human anatomy, like a finger. Like a finger. Okay. All right. Okay. Like that, you cannot tell me that doesn't kind of look like it could be part of a finger. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I'm so familiar with the uh, alien life. You know, they're aliens, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we did. A we podcast have no idea how they yes. got here. Yeah, yeah, we have no idea. So they're aliens, obviously. So uh, yeah, no, I've eaten a lot of aliens. So to me, it looks like just good eats. So um, it looks a bit too like part of it looks maybe like a piece of like a undercooked hot dog. Sort of um, chopped in, you know. Sure, I guess a small hot dog. I'll give you that. Um, there but is you some can, purple But you got on the it. little suction cups that are the giveaway, and that's the good part. 
What's the? What do you mean the suction cups? What's From the tent- tentacle. Don't pick it up. You'll have it all over your hand now. Mm. Now you got that mm. fishy, fishy. Oh, that garlic sauce. sauce. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. So uh, go the ahead in, good, and so I'll I... I'll uh, do the uh, I'll so, do voiceover while so, you eat. Okay. So here we go. So he's going in. He's going to eat it by hand and ignore my advice. And instead of using the fork, I've I guess he was born in a barn. Um, that's him making those. Always good mouth noises over the microphone. Everyone loves that one, especially if you have those earbuds pressed deep into your ears so you really get the lip smacking. You get the mm. mastication uh, fully, fully enveloping you in stereo surround sound. Uh, he doesn't look unhappy, I'll say. This is maybe the least revolted I've mm-hmm. ever seen him yeah. look. He, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Mikey. Mikey, he <laughs> likes it. <laughs> is this? It's by far the best. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You. This is the first time you've ever eaten your portion, which had to be four grams of... <laughs> you usually you yeah, stop at no, a half not, a gram. It's not bad. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go and maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, what something. do you think? If your taste yeah, you're like, are, okay, you, you just... Mike. Okay, so Mike is eating it now. He's chewing it. Yeah, this is the stuff. This is good. Mm-hmm. It's a little chewy. Yeah, I would say it's a little chewy. I mean... I don't think it's... Um, the squid in its own ink, chewy. No, like this is a little more like chicken. Yes, chickeny, but the yeah. flavor is distinctly. Uh, yeah, it has that fishy. Yeah, you know, in a good way, briny. Yeah. Wow. So, send you home with a can? Mm, not that <laughs> far, Mike. But I'm not retching, so a win. <laughs> you want to chase her down with some spirulina powder? Wow, I got just Thought the we... ten thousand yard stare on that one. You are you're Woo. you're the Milwaukee ACLU to me right pushing now. It. <laughs> really pushing it. Anyway, I I can um you know, I'm sure people will be interested. They'll want a link. So can Oh yeah, we, we'll get a link. I'll to give the... you a link to where you can buy this mm-hmm. because it's uh, good enough for Pastor Dave and so it's good enough for the world. I mean, this is the pickiest eater alive, obviously. False, but I am I am more picky than maybe your average adult. Doesn't like onions. Can't even eat a food that has onions. That's in not it. true. That's false. I can't eat foods with onions, and they just need to be masked and disguised and hidden in the food. Favorite food: crackers. That's the kind of palate we're dealing with, folks. Deny that if you can. It's true. And crackers are great. Like okay, crackers are delicious. Oh, that's what we're up Especially against. Especially water, uh, water. You know. Water crackers? That's my, by far my favorite. Water crackers are the plainest of plain crackers, right? You know you can, I mean, they're very plain, but they, they're a great vehicle. That's what I love about them is they're a great vehicle for cheese spread. So many delicious things. You know, and you can get like cracked pepper or sesame seed. Uh, I, I find them water be, crackers. I, I hate to say this, and I, I hope this is not in any way blaspheming, but they're no better than communion wafers to me. Wow. Which are... I mean, say what you will, the flavor of a communion wafer is not what people are no, going no, no. for. The communion wafer, though, is it's like a rice cracker to me. That's kind of how they vibe. It does, it's blander, mm-hmm. and it had the texture's odder. No, no, no. So the these texture are, these of a water cracker than, is 100 times better. What about a rice cracker v. water cracker? Because I like oh, a good rice cracker. No, no. Water. I'm, what about a, I have my the, favorite. the soy-flavored ones? Or the wasabi-flavored sure Oh, wasabi? Very great. I'm sure With some a, seaweed? I'm trying to push them into new... I would have some flowers. seaweed. Yeah, I would have okay. seaweed. Listen, you I know like, what I'm talking I, about. Yeah. Those yeah. I like, like, sushi, Mike. Okay. In certain forms of it, but, like, I'm not a total, you know, uh, lost cause. And Okay, you know. all right. All right, look. 
Just He's, we have all things that we like. We all have things we don't like. It's of course obvious what you don't like. Pat, Pastor's gotten his dander up today. I better end <sighs> the show here before uh, we're going to go out and take this outside for a while. Uh, but we'll be back with more big issues and obviously very small issues. Uh, this is like trees walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson. <laughs> I'm David Berge. So long.